welcome. You're listening to episode number 378 of Confetti, the Wedding Planning Business Talk Show. I'm Debbie Quain. Thank you for joining me. If you're passionate about planning weddings for others, this is the show for you. Please visit weddingsforaliving.com and there you'll find some articles, hopefully some tips about being a phenomenal wedding planner. It doesn't include all the information you need, but it's a good start. So we're brought, the show is typically brought confetti, the talk show has been around for several years and typically right now I try to broadcast the first Saturday of each month. And you're saying, well Debbie, today is not the first Saturday of each month. No, it isn't. So I try to be consistent, but not always. So I've actually been out of the country um, and came back um, last week. And it's so funny, you get so used to certain things (laughs) like hot water. And Wi-Fi, <laughs> and you know, went to a few different places. <laughs> that wasn't always a given. So um, I say that to say my apologies for not being able to stick with the schedule. But I, you know, growing up, I always liked the holiday time. You know, heck, I'm saying at Christmas. Um, and I, <laughs> when I said, you know, when I, as an adult, when I'm in control of what I want to do, I want to really take December off and not have to worry too much. And that's kind of what I did. I kind of took a back seat. So um, for those of you, you may have heard me say, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about if I really want to go full-fledged into wedding planning in the D.C. in the D.C. area where I am. And, and part of that is, a major part is because I am seriously considering moving away and not just moving away from the D.C. area, but potentially moving away from the United States. So that was part of the, the research and, and the traveling recently. So I hope you understand. You know, life is short. We have no promises for what's happening tomorrow. And I'm, I'm always in, in this planning mode. And I've heard people say it. It's all about the journey and not so much the destination. And I'm guilty of focusing on the destination. I want to do this. I want to be here. I want to do that. And life is right now. Life is here today. So, you, you know, you, 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 you can think and plan, but you've got to just just do what you, you, you need to do sometimes. So um, it's been a bit of a eye opener for me. And um, sometimes I don't feel quite whole. I don't know if you know what I mean, where this is kind of this empty feeling and I don't know what it is that needs what what it is I'm searching for okay I'm rambling I'm not going to go into too much detail about that but that was part of you know just taking some time off and sometimes you just need to be still and not do anything just to be still and whether you are a believer if you're a Christian if you believe in God or some other being sometimes you just need to be still for that person to speak to you for whatever that being is to speak to you and I Still not coming through very clearly for me, (laughs) but um, that was kind of what I was was up to, just sort of moving around a bit. So the last show, I said we were going to focus on social media, and the big mistake was I said that and then left out a few days later, and I just haven't had a chance to plan. So please forgive me. Today's show is not the focus on social media. I promised you, I don't know if I promised, but I said we would do that, but instead I'm going to answer all of these questions that came in trying to answer those I'm going to be a little selfish about the chat and not pay a whole lot of attention to it but um, I want to get these questions answered and I'm going to schedule the um, the social media episode it's probably going to be midweek and I'm looking at 
um, not this Tuesday, but the one after. But I don't like to hold, I don't like to say a lot of dates when we're doing the shows because when someone's listening, it sort of like throws them off. So I'm gonna send an email um, with that information. Okay. So where should we start? Let's do a bit of a roll, roll call. So if you can tell me where you're located, I kind of said who was here. I know um, Muriel's in Torrance, California. I know that, um, let's see, Tracy's in the Maryland, D.C. metro area. Just, you know, just post where you are. It kind of just helps people link up, you know, to, to what's going on in, in, in your world. And um, let me just, let me see, I'm going to throw it off. Oh, 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 yes. Wedding Business Guide. Um, I know several members are here. Thank you so much. I, I I appreciate you. I know I said I had some things coming for you. Please have faith that I do have things coming for you. So if your membership has ended recently, the last couple of months, or is scheduled to, I'm going to go back in and just bump that up to move it forward, give you a few more months because of my delay. So don't worry. And if you have your membership has recently expired, like in the in the last 60 days, and you no longer have access, just Send me an email, but I'm going to go through and see all the names there anyway. So we've got some cha- changes are coming. Um, Laurie, Laurie Lockwood, good morning. Happy New Year is, um, I know, Laurie, Laurie, where are you? Tell us where you are. Radonna is in Maryland, DMV. Nice, good morning. Courtney is in Houston, Texas, that's right. Eileen's in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Laurie's in Philadelphia, that's right. Uh, Gabrielle. D.C. area. A lot of locals here. I love it. Aretha's in New Jersey, who's longing to move back to New York City. And Rhonda is in Pensacola. Wonderful. All around. Uh, And Nicole is in, am I going to botch this? Is it Wausau? Is that how I say it? Wausau, Wisconsin. Wonderful. And guest 581 is Stephanie. Stephanie, where are you located? Um, I said it right. Wausau, Wisconsin. Ha! feather in the cap there. Thank you. Um, good to see so many of you from around the country. No, everyone seems to be in the U.S. Sometimes we have visitors from overseas. Uh, Stephanie is in Texas. Wonderful. Good morning. Okay, so um, before I get to the first, well, I have some comments too, just some feedback. I want to acknowledge a few people that um, just wanted to say hello. Um, First, um, I want to acknowledge Nicole Campos, and she responded. She sent me a, a note for the last show we did, and she Nicole's company name is The Bridal Bug, The Bridal Bug. And Nicole pretty much said, you know, if you'd like help with Facebook marketing, she can do that. Um, she, I guess she's uh, she's the guru in that area. So, Nicole, thank you. I know I didn't reply. Please don't feel, please don't feel as we would say back in England, please don't feel no way. Uh, it's not intentional that I'm not replying to your emails. And it's I, it's on me. I need to do a better job of keeping track. But a lot of emails come in, and sometimes I miss it. You hear you hear me talk. I'm, I was going to say I'm cool like that. <laughs> what the heck? I'm cool like that. So <laughs> what I mean is if you don't hear from me, send another email. Debbie, I didn't hear from you. I sent you an email two weeks ago. What's up? That's fine. Do that. Just put, it's okay to bug me again, please. Don't worry about it. Okay, so Nicole, thank you for reaching out um, about the Facebook marketing. So when, if you are a, a social media guru, and I know at least one person here has claimed that, um, pl- we're going to do a show a few Tuesdays from now. So I, I will send an email, um, <laughs> hopefully before 30 minutes before the show, but I will let you know. And what I would really love is your experience with social media and how it has helped your business. Not the fact, not not so much, okay, I've got a million and one fans, but how has that 
in, in t- how has that helped your business? Because to me, I, I see Twitter followers, Facebook fans and such, but how is that working for you with your business? How is it bringing in brides? So uh, the number to call is a listener talk back line. If you call and leave a message at 202-681-2126. 202-681-2126. Just let me know your experiences with social media and how it has helped you or maybe not helped you with your wedding planning business. Just, you know, we're all friends here. So let's let's see what's going on there. So thank you, Nicole. And then I want to say a special thank you to Prerita. I think I'm saying your name correctly. And she says, I believe we're heading for a social media talk on an upcoming Confetti Talk Show. So for that reason, I've come across a great ebook from planningpod.com. And Perita says the ebook's name is um, the name of the title of the ebook, sorry, is Online Marketing for Small Business Simplified. She says she's just started reading it and it's just great. It's a 21 it's 21 pages long, so it won't consume much of anyone's time. It's simple and straightforward. So just go to planningpod.com and um, Perita suggesting that social um, Online marketing for small business simplified. So uh, there's a firsthand recommendation. Um, and then a few other people I just wanted to say um, thank you to for reaching out. Michelle, I know you left a voicemail message. I'm having some audio issues where you're not hearing any background music or anything like that. So I'm unable to play your message today. But thank you for leaving your message. Uh, Debbie Williams who's praying that the new year is a successful one for starting her wedding business. I wish you the same, Debbie. Jennifer of Exclusive Events, um, who's sending holiday greetings. Thank you, Jennifer. Michelle of Celebrations, love that, um, had um, sent some special holiday greetings. Thank you, Michelle. Aretha, Aretha Gaskin, who's here today, who... um, has a great offer. I don't know, Aretha, are we still doing that? I know Aretha has, uh, um, is able, uh, I'm botching your intro. Sorry, Aretha, uh, for website design. And I know several of us are struggling with getting a website. Sorry, there was something, I got distracted. Sorry. Um, getting a website that, that um, promotes our business and gives us that professional look online. So Aretha's in the chat room. Aretha, if there's something you want to offer or you want to share, please feel free to share that link. Um, so thank you, Aretha. Ken at Happily Marrying. It, you know, the men always stand out. I would say the rooster in the hen house. So Ken joined us on the last live broadcast. Thank you, Ken. At Celestine, Lilith Edwards, Lisa Okolai. I know you're a Wedding Business Guide member. Thank you. And Kiana, I think it's Kiana. Kiana Johnson also left a voicemail, but I'm unable to play that today, and I will will do that. So I, if you sent me some other notes of just greetings and, and hi and so forth, I, I, I sometimes hate to do the names because I know I'm going to miss someone. So it's not my intention, but thank you. Thank you so much. Sometimes you're just having a real crappy day, and then someone sends you that email, and it's like, oh, yeah, I needed that. So thank you so much. Clarissa Shop Taste Dance. Good morning. Happy New Year is here and um oh so nicole you were here you're here i just talked about nicole did i yeah nicole gosh i'm seeing the name so nicole i mentioned is is here so the the of the bridal bug thank you and um i'm sorry i'm trying to keep up with the chat and cheryl is here from atlanta with an event to remember all right so aretha's posted her link if you want to check out her portfolio for websites all right all right questions questions um Oh, so this question comes in from Charisma, and Charisma says, I know you're pretty busy, but I had a question. Um, She wants to know 
what are some niches? I niches. I'm not saying niches anymore. And niche. So it was niches. Is that how you say that for plural? I I could or should consider to make my target audience my direct and focus. She said, hope this makes sense. Are there are there genres of wedding planners? Okay. So it was a good question. And then uh, Charisma is responding because when we did the last live show, she mentioned she was trying to uh, appeal to a more diverse group of clients for her wedding. And I kind of jumped in and said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Go the opposite direction. Many of us, me included, do that. We think that if we just appeal to a small group, we're missing out on everything else, which we are. But that's really what you want to do. So... A niche really has to be about you, Charisma. It has to be, I hope I'm saying your name correctly, has to be something. What What are you drawn to? And a lot of times we already know the answer, but for some reason we're pushing it away. Some things or so, 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 there's usually a certain aspect of weddings that appeals to you. Pay attention to that because there's a good chance it appeals to you. It's appealing to some other people too. So it may just be a certain portion. I'm a control freak, so I like the day of just sort of being around on the wedding day and trying to put the pieces together. But it's also a struggle because I'm actually managing a wedding that I haven't even planned. And that could be disastrous depending on the kind of wedding you're working on. That's me. Full service, I know it appeals to a lot of you. So I'll tell you now, my attention um, begins to wane after a few months on one project, unless it's something I'm really got heart and soul into it. It makes it sound like I'm, I don't have my heart and soul into weddings, but I kind of like the, the ending part and everything coming together, putting the logistics together. So a wedding that's taking nine months to 12, nine to 12 months to plan, you know, unless there were several of those things, those weddings going on simultaneously, it begins to, my energy level begins, it just starts, it begins, it begins to lower. It's kind of like it's just sapping the energy out of me. So that's not my thing. So I kind of tend to stand, stay away from full service. Destination weddings, I've done a few of those, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed those. And usually because the destination weddings I planned had a quick turnaround. So those are things that I am naturally drawn to. So Charisma, you have to kind of do the same thing. Find out what areas of weddings is, is appealing to you. It may be a special, a certain group. We had a young lady that called in a few months ago, and she focuses on, I think she wanted, I think it was Asian Christian weddings. And it's a very specialized area, but the people that fall into that category are drawn to her because she's doing something different, and it appeals to couples who fall into that category. So that's what you want to do. So there are different niches out there, different areas of the wedding planning process, maybe just the full service part, maybe the day of. There are some wedding planners that don't even, um, don't do either. They don't do full service. They don't show up on the day. They just consult. And usually that works out when you've been, when you become more established. So people will just contact you and just want to sit down and pick your brain for a few hours because you've proven and demonstrated that you know what's going on, how to put a wedding together. And you can do that. You can offer consultation without, you know, you, I'm here in D.C. I can consult with someone on the West Coast or in another country if they believe I have information that's going to help them. So and maybe it's just a shortcut. Maybe someone needs to get married in the next six weeks and doesn't know what to do. So they're going to talk to me and I'm going to explain to them what they need to do and how quickly and what the priorities are. So find a niche that you're drawn to. Um, I posted, um, I think it was on, I tweeted the other day. Guys, I'm tweeting. <laughs> um, about, no, no, I, I didn't. I think maybe on the Google page about a woman, um, I've forgotten her name, who has taken um, these rustic, 
let's say say rustic right rustic chic weddings she started blogging about her own wedding and then now she i think she's an author now and um that's her that's her thing i it's sort of taken her in a completely I'm sure a direction that she wasn't even thinking of when she started that blog. So you, you got to find out what's true to you. See what other people are doing for inspiration. You don't want to copy them, but use those ideas as things that, you know, hey, I could do this. Um, Nicole is asking, is anyone here a destination wedding, destination planner? She's in need. So if you're in the chat room, you can respond to that. Um, okay, so that's my response to uh, Charisma. So there are a lot of different niches. I mean, um, encore weddings. I like that that concept very much where you're only focusing on weddings where people are getting married for a second or third or maybe a fourth or fifth time. And those couples tend to be older, but then they would be drawn to you because you kind of get that maybe, you know, you, you understand this is not the first time around and maybe things are a little more toned down or maybe not. And um, because the clientele is usually, but not always, usually more mature, they it, you may resonate with them doesn't mean that you and you don't have to be like your clients meaning if I'm focused on encore brides it doesn't mean that I have to be an older person but if I just understand and get what it is the people planning weddings of, of, of that type of type of wedding uh, what they want then there's a connection and that's really what you want for any business that you're in okay the next question came in from Pam and it's a typical one I'm going to see if I can abbreviate a little bit. Pam says, I live in the Mid-South area. People around this area take pride in DIY. Usually the bride, maid of honor, or a mother will take over as the wedding planner. She goes on to say, I have tried to push people toward day of services for this reason. Also, there is the economy today. They'd rather do it themselves to save money. I've had several weddings, but all have been day of. I feel like I shouldn't charge too much or I won't get clients that I need to be cheaper to distract from other professionals who advertise in bridal shows and magazines. They do high-end weddings, which I would love to do. First question, how can I meet in the middle and get high-end as well as lower income? Day ofs. She said, um, I had a bad review on a bridal website that said you get what you pay for, which I had explained what she would get in the consultation. I did give her a good day of service with what she gave me to work with. Second question, how do you deal with DIYers if you make changes in the wedding and didn't inform you about them? That is what happened in this case. Um, how do you handle that kind of situation? She has some other questions, but let me just start with the, the first one. Um, I know we are all passionate about planning weddings, and for a lot of us, we just kind of want to jump in and start planning weddings. But as with any business, you have to do your due diligence. You've got to research, first of all, if what you're thinking about doing is even viable or going to make money or make sense in your area. Many of us do not do this, which is why we have problems. We jump in. We, you know, we listen to shows like this. We build a website. Um, we, we labor over how much to charge. And then we sit there and say, I don't have clients or people are not taking the bait. You know what I mean when I say that? Not taking the bait. But you get what I mean? That's backwards. That's backwards. You have to do some research to make sure that what you have in mind is going to work. It's not like I have this product. Let me see how many people are coming my way. It's what is it that people need and can I fill this need? So Pam mentioned that in her area, people take pride in the D in DIY. I get it. She also mentions the economy. Having Hiring a wedding planner is not something that most couples do. I think it was Larissa Parks that gave us the, the stats for that a few months ago. Most brides and grooms 
Do not hire a wedding planner. So we, we, we're on the downside there. But then you have to set up your, if you're going to set up a business, there has to be disposable income in the area where you are. And if you're in a depressed area, meaning where things are kind of going the opposite direction of up, companies are closing, people tending to move out, people are holding on to their money, you're going to have a hard time trying to get people and clients who want to offer what it is that you're selling. And the only way for you to find this out is to do your research beforehand. And if you're living in an area where people are not, that don't have disposable income or tend not to hire wedding planners, and you then decide to do that, you, th there's a disconnect. You want to find that out sooner rather than later. But then she also mentions, Pam says, that there are planners who are doing high-end weddings. So it can't all be about the economy. And then what worries me, Pam, is that you also say that you want to do both. You want to do high-end. How can I get in, meet in the middle and get high-end as well as, and well as, as well as lower income? You can't. Not really. Until you become so established that every and every and anybody getting married wants to do business with you. It, it cannot be that way. Um, you have to decide where you want to be. Am I doing high-end or am I focusing on the lower-end brides? And just because you're doing day off doesn't mean that it's automatically a, a cheap service. Yes, it's not going to be as expensive as full service, but you can still do day off and not be the cheapest person out there doing weddings. You know what I mean? People have to see the value in what you're offering. And if people see the value, they will pay. If they don't see the value, then they won't. They'll complain and bitch and you're not going to be you're not going to prosper. So you've got to decide where you want to be. I can't give you a formula for meeting in the middle because that's not what I believe in. I don't believe that we should be um, available to everybody. What we offer is not for everyone. You've got to find your corner, your niche, and claim that. Make sure there are enough people to um, that want the service that you're offering. And then offer that service. Then provide it. You know, but, but you, you can't do it the other way around. Otherwise, you're going to, to have a problem. Um Someone, Nicole's saying that, you know, we're always going to have bad reviews. But, you know, we want, it's, you cannot please everybody. But you have to make sure, again, that you're doing the best that you can do. And sometimes, usually when someone is, is complaining, um, it, it, of course, it may not be legitimate. But you also have to look at this constructively and say, okay, what, what could I have done better? Because as a wedding planner who's running your own business, you're not just a wedding planner now, you're an entrepreneur. People are going to complain, people are going to bother you when you don't feel like being bothered, but that's what you sign up for when you decide to become a business owner. You've got to take the rough with the smooth. Um, the other part of this too, and I, I, I don't know if you realize it, when you charge less, you're going to have more trouble. People are going to nickel and dime you. You cannot operate on price alone. You cannot, if you decide to undercut everyone, which is kind of what you're saying here, Pam, is that you want to <laughs> charge less than everyone else, that's only going to last but for a little while. You, you don't want to operate that way. Then, then your only advantage is price. You haven't said to me anything about if the value you're providing or why should someone do business with you. And if the only reason someone should choose to do business with you is because you're cheaper than everyone else, you, you're setting yourself up. You really are. So decide which corner you want to be in, high-end or, or the lower-end. That's not the nice, a nice word. Budget. 
less expensive, which way you want to be. Um, and then you have to decide what your value, what your time is worth. If you think your time is worth only $20 an hour, then base your, your services on, on that price range. If you think your, your time is worth $100 an hour, then price your services accordingly if your, the local market can bear that. It's a tricky thing with running a business. It's, it's so much more than just planning weddings. And you have to take some time to go through and, and figure out what it is that you want, want to do. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. Oh, and talking about people that make changes um, and not communicating. All of that is part of running your business. And you have to put some um, things and systems in place beforehand. Now, I almost always bring it up, and it's not a hard sell. Wedding Business Guide is the resource that I created to get a day of wedding business started. Going through the process of revamping, and I was going through it and moving some things around and sort of changed some modules. And a big part of that site is about setting up the business and doing the research and, and policies and procedures and what you will do and what you won't do. And it's not very exciting, not very wedding-y, but you have to do those things first so that people know that when they're working with you, they can't just not answer your emails or not just they can't call you whenever they want to just call you, um, that your prices are your prices and this is why you charge what you do. And when someone says that's too much money, you let them go instead of you trying to lower your prices to meet them that you can describe what you do confidently, that you realize that when someone's planning a full-service wedding, that that's not your client, that it's a day of client. Those are the uh, it's a day of weddings that you focus on. Those are the things that you kind of have to drill into your head so that it rolls off your tongue like your social security number does and your date of birth. Once you're confident in what you're doing, people will see that. It's a very exciting thing when you run into someone who knows what the heck it is he or she is doing. Whether you agree with them or not, there's something appealing about that person because they're standing their ground. This is what they do. And this is what you have to decide as a wedding planner owner, owner operator, that's what I'm going to do. If you're not up for the task to do that, then my suggestion is to find yourself as either an independent contractor for another business or an employee. It's tough, but you have to make the decision that this is what I'm going to do, as opposed to going the other way around, setting up your website, coming up with clever and, and cute package names, setting up Twitter, setting up Facebook, and you haven't figured out the systems. You haven't figured out how you're going to answer your phone calls. You haven't figured out what you're going to do when your boss on your full-time job expects you to, to, to work overtime and you've agreed to meet with a client. How are you going to handle those things? This is what it's all about with running a business. Uh, many of us don't write wedding don't write business plans for our, our business. Business plan doesn't have to be lots and lots and lots of pages, but there needs to be some sort of plan. There has to be something in place. So please, 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 before you get yourself stuck in situations like what Pam is deciding, to, what what Pam is in, you've got to take a back step. Excuse me, take a few steps backward and say, what is it I'm really doing? What is it that I'm trying to accomplish here? And that's why I started off with the day of wedding planning thing, because it gives you a taste of what's going on. It gives you a taste of working with local vendors, what kind of things your couples are going to ask you, how you're going to figure out your time, uh, your, what, how you're going to run the operations, the back office, things like that. Then, then you can start marketing and looking for people to come your way because you've got all the systems figured out. But we, we, we're doing all the marketing. We want to know how to get clients. And then when clients call, I know because you send me the emails. Debbie, I don't know what to charge. What in the world are you talking about? How do you have a business and not know what you're going to charge and you're waiting for someone to call you and then say, I don't know what to charge? That's backwards. 
completely so. So I know we're all passionate about weddings and we all really want to make a go of this, but you have to do some soul searching. You have to realize, am I really up for this? Can I tolerate the mood swings of, of some of my clients? Can I deal with that? It's not easy, but you have to make the decision. How bad do I want it? And it may not be for you. That's okay. Find that out now, not after you've plowed money into a whole bunch of stuff and then said, mm, no, nah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it, you got to think this thing through. Um, let's see. Someone else posted uh, a phonetic. Someone's in Portland. Who's the person in Portland that told me where they are? And they showed um, someone posted. Oh, Soka from Portland, Maine. Thank you, Soka. It was your name you putting phonetically. Sorry, my eye caught that. I'm so easily distracted with bright and shiny objects. Um, let's see. Um, oh, um, Michelle, Marshall is here from 24 Carat Events in Jacksonville, Florida. Good morning. Um, Nicole was saying, you know, I think every business is going to get a bad review at some time or another. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter how amazing they are. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you want to try to intercept that. After each wedding, you really should be following up with your clients, following up with your wedding day team, and following up with the vendors. You want to be able to nip that early on. Sometimes we know when we're messing up. Sometimes we know when we're messing up and we don't want to find out what that person has to say. Hey, in this age of social media, you better find out before they decide to post on, post on Yelp and Wedding Wire and all the rest of that. Find out what's going on. And if you have you ever been in a situation where you're so angry with a vendor or a company and then they somehow rectify it and then all of a sudden you're a fan for life? Been there, done that. So, again, as business owners, we have to decide how am I going to run my business? And I have become very, become much of a stickler in, in my old age now about custom service and how people talk and how they sound when they speak to me. And I'm guilty for jumping up and saying, no, I don't like how you said that. <laughs> but it's those things that people have to that you have to pay attention to, not replying to an email when you're pissed off with someone and holding back. Those are all qualities and skills that we have to learn as we're running a business. It's not just about planning weddings. So you have to think about all of those things. I'm telling you right now, the wedding planning stuff is minor minor compared to the marketing and the systems you have in place. Because if the systems work, then you don't have to worry about that. Then you can focus your energy on on other things. Okay, um, Aretha is suggesting a great book. I think it's a book, right? Um, by Alan Weiss called Value, ba Value Based Fees. I've seen that. I've seen this title somewhere. Thank you, Aretha. Value Based Fees by Alan Weiss. Um, so check that out. Isn't he like a consultant in our industry, Aretha? I think I've seen this. Yeah, I think he's, um, I, I don't know if he's been a guest post or guest speaker, but I, I want to say, um, what's that website? Something sell the bride or something like that. Maybe I've got the wrong site, but I, uh, that name sounds very familiar. So take that, you know, make note of that book, value based fees by Alan Weiss. Speaking of books, right? Are you busy? Like I am I just running around like a lunatic. Well, maybe not running around like a lunatic, but, um, if you're listening to the show, which you are, then you'll love what it is that I'm about to suggest. And maybe you've heard me say this before audio, is one of the few ways to get content and, and do something else. So you can commute, work out, you can be, you know, doing whatever with your earbuds in your ear. You can listen to audio. And just like how you're listening to this show, um, audio, audio is how I consume a lot of the books that I would really love to sit down and read. And 
Audible, which is an Amazon company, has thousands, thousands of audiobooks that you can um, purchase and listen to, to download and listen to, whether on your smartphone, on your iPad, on your iPhone, on your Android, on your computer, however, but it gives you a chance to listen to a, quite a few good books. And as a listener of this show, you can download a free audiobook if you haven't done that. Um, so what the way it works, it's, it's sort of like a subscription thing and each month you get a credit at least one credit and that credit is equal to any book on the site and you can download the book and it's yours to keep so you can try the service out for free for 30 days but the beautiful thing is it's free for 30 days but then you get to keep whatever book it is that you list that you download in the first 30 days so to download your free audiobook uh, go to iloveaudible.com. I love Audible. So Audible is spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E. iloveaudible.com. And get your free audiobook. Let me know what you're listening to. Um, I'll tell you what I've got on my list if you're even interested. And if you're not interested, you're going to hear it anyway, right? Um, I was catching up. And, you know, sometimes I'm just... I, I just want to listen to a book. And I keep thinking... There are a couple of books I'm thinking, God, I wish they had that. Um, Six Figure Musician which is how to sell um how how to sell more what's the title how to sell more music and get more people on your shows and it's because I'm working with a few um a few artists call the midwife i don't know if you guys look at that show uh it comes on on um, public TV, on pbs love that show it's about um midwives in the 50s and 60s in east london below stairs is another book i'm listening to if you're a downton abbey fan like i am um, Below Stairs is all about um, a, a, a woman who was a who worked who was a maid, and that's how I think a lot of I think the story. I don't know if Downton Abbey was based on that or Upstairs Downstairs. Um, utility Y O U Utility by Jay Bear. Um, a Thousand Lies. I think you may have heard me talk about that, and that's all about Jonestown and the people that um, drank the spiked Kool Aid or whatever, and then so many of them them died. Uh, Orange is the New Black, because I kept hearing about the show, and I said, let me listen to the audiobook. I haven't listened to that yet. Unmarketing by Scott Stratton, and uh, Do It Marketing, which I love, by David Newman. That was one of my favorites. Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, very energetic guy who did the Wine Library TV, which is really a really great way of getting your information out there to people. Um, Beyond Book, Sol uh, Book Solid by Michael Port. Um and The Pumpkin Plan, which is a really good book uh, by Michael Michaelowitz. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But those are some of the things, those are the books that I have in my Audible um, in my Audible list. So Audible Library, that's the right term. So check out iloveaudible.com. iloveaudible.com. Okay? All right. So let's get back to some of these questions. Um, I'm just checking the time here. We're not doing too badly. Um, was that it? Was that it? There was another question here. Oh, Pam had another question. Um, that was the young lady in the Mid-South who's having problems with finding clients and such. She said, what do you do or where are you positioned while they are dancing and everything is going as smooth as they should be? Oh, okay. Um, day of, I mean, you kind of like, you have a, a, a timeline, a wedding day timeline, Pam, a production schedule. At least I do, which kind of at any given time, you know what's supposed to be happening. And the reception usually has its own. I mean, it's part of that timeline, but you, you want to detail when they're going to cut the cake, 
when they're going to toss the garden bouquet if they choose to do that, if there are any um, special ethnic dances that they need to do, if, you know, the toast, when the meal is served and when the meal, you know, the last meal, the, the last um, course will be served, when the DJ's or, or band's last song will be played. All that stuff is detailed. So pretty much on the wedding day, I have at least two or three assistants. I don't, sorry, I don't call them assistants, event managers, because uh, I just seem to get more respect when we refer to them as managers from other people. Um, and they're kind of assigned different areas of that reception location, you know. So everybody has knows what it is they're, that they're required to do. And the weddings that run the smoothest are the ones that we've planned with the most detail. It looks very seamless, but, I mean, we're not there. I mean, you're out there kind of. To me, as lead lead event day person, I'm kind of going around to make sure everyone's okay, making sure that everyone had something to eat, making sure the vendors have had something to eat, making sure my clients are okay, that they're happy with what's going on, keeping an eye on time. Timing is very important because without the correct timing, um, it's easy for um, overtime fees to start kicking in. And it's not just overtime for the venue. It's overtime for anyone else is there, the band, the DJ, if the photographer is there. So really, you're kind of... Kind of like the bad cop for time, not in, but not in a bad way. That's your primary role and just making sure, oh, it's 9.15. We should be, you know, the last song is going to be played at 9.30. I'll be on schedule for that. And just letting whoever the money person is know because there's got to be someone there ready to pay if in case we do go over time. You know, listen, we were about 15 minutes. Um, everything's going to shut down. And inevitably someone will say, well, can we just go another 30 minutes? And then I'm the person to say, no problem. The venue can do an extra 30 minutes. But remember, you're going to have to pay the band and the DJ an extra 30 minutes. Um, if there's security, we're going to have to pay that. If there's valet, all those things come into play. And you have to be the voice of reason to say, we can do that, but this is the reality of it. Are you ready to pay the extra? And then you fill in the blank with the money. So you kind of decide where it is you're going to be. But when you're running a business, again, there, there part, there's a part you have to know what happens at a wedding. So being familiar with rituals and so forth. Then you've got to be um, on point about um, keeping your clients happy, day-to-day stuff, email communication, phone communication, the policies and procedures thing. Um, then there's the part of just setting up the business legally, you know, opening a business bank account. Am I going to accept credit cards? Um, where am I going to meet my clients when um, my prospects and so forth? And then there's all the forms and the paperwork that you need to have. And then there's the marketing. How am I going to market what it is? that I'm doing, those are all elements and all those parts have to come together. It's a lot, but you can do it. If you want to do it, you can do it. So you kind of have to get everything, um, everything to work, working, working in sync. And then there's your staff. You got to make sure you have people that you can rely on on the wedding day. Then there's the vendor relationships. Um, If you're doing day of, not so much, you don't, you want to be familiar with vendors, but if you're doing full service, then you definitely have to be the know-it-all of who's great, who's not so great, and who you won't even bother to do business with. And the only way you can figure that out is going out there, meeting people, talking to them, and letting them know who you are and you knowing who they are. So a lot of moving parts with that. And so you have to know what it is that you are signing up for. And the wedding planners that don't get all that figured out are the ones that struggle and sometimes get bad reviews because it's not our intention but sometimes we just aren't in a position to provide everything that we say we're going to provide because we haven't taken the chance, the time to figure out how we're going to deliver and do those things. I know it's not your intention, but you don't want to be in a situation where someone's bad-mouthing you for something that really you could have avoided. There are going to be idiots and assholes out there. You can't avoid that. But, you know, you want to lessen the, chance, the likelihood of that happening. 
Okay, let's take a look at the chat room. Um, who's the destination wedding planner for sandals? Someone, I saw that somewhere. Oh, Veronica's here from Utterly Elegant Events, Weddings and Events. Hello, Veronica. Um, yeah, Rose is saying you're correct. We have to value what we do before others will value what we offer them. Yeah, there's something to be said. You know, when, when someone says it with confidence, who the heck am I to challenge that? It's either I go with it or I don't. So, yeah. Um, Stephanie is asking, it says, I decided to start a day of coordination business last January, and I'm just now launching my business. I didn't realize it would take so long, right? But I was determined to do it right and be prepared. I'm so thankful I did, did it that way because I feel so much more confident starting my new business and working with clients. I feel a great amount of gratitude to Debbie. Oh, thank you for creating Wedding Business Guide. Thank you, Debbie. I consider you my mentor. Oh, Stephanie, you're welcome. Thank you so much for saying that. Saying that. It, it's, it's a lot, right? It is a lot. It's more than just planning the weddings. But once you've got all that stuff figured out, it begins to fall in place. So you have to decide if you're going to stick with it. And I know a lot of us struggle and say, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm not getting clients. But sometimes we're going about it. The, the, I don't know if there's a right and wrong way, but we're kind of going about it and we're, we're sort of hurting ourselves. But once there's something to be said when you know what the next step is, when you know what the next thing that's supposed to happen in the flow of the wedding or the next thing that's supposed to happen in the sales process. And that's the other part. I forgot to mention with running a business you gotta know what the sales process is what are you gonna say when someone calls or emails and says how much do you charge do you have a comeback for that if you don't you need to work on that now um how will you know if the person calling or emailing you is the person that's right for your business do you know what questions to ask because if you don't you've got to figure that out now because again not everybody is for us it's just it, you just sort of know what the pattern is when we're employees. Hopefully our employers provide us with all that information. When you're running a business, we got to figure that stuff out. And it, it's not always second nature. You kind of have to learn that as as you go. Um, let's see. Michelle. So I should go by Marshall, right? It says build a great vendor relationship. I'm still wet behind the ears, but I have a great and supportive team. Yeah. Don't underestimate the um, value of your local vendors. You got to get out there and meet them. You have to get out there and meet them. Um, they have to know who you are. Uh, you can't do what we're doing sitting at your desk or um, piddling around on your tablet or smartphone. You have to get out there. You have to be the face. And then you can direct them. You know, you want to learn more, go to my website. Or you want to learn more, check out my blog. Or you want to learn more, learn more, check out my web TV show or vlog or something like that. Okay? So um, a lot of different moving moving parts there. Um Let's see. Invite 177 asks, when you're with your event managers, are your clients the ones paying for you and your staff to eat at the venue? Um, good question. If you're doing day of and they've already found, they've already secured their um, vendors, if they haven't final haven't tallied with the caterer um your staff actually does become should become part of their catering meal because your clients are actually should be responsible for feeding the staff that's working the wedding. That's really how it should go. It doesn't mean that you're getting the same three, you're, you and your staff are getting the same three-course meal that their guests are getting, but it may just be a sandwich box or something like that. But normally, yes. But if you're coming in at the end and all that's been taken care of, then no, I just 
figure out a way for our, my staff to eat. But usually the working relationship with the caterer isn't so bad. And you may actually want to work with the caterer directly and say, you know, I've got four of us here today. Um, what's going to be the cost for us to eat? And they'll put something together. Not a problem. Not a big deal at all. But usually the vendors, um, you know, DJ or band, um, photographer should be fed. Um, if you're involved with the planning process from the beginning. So if they don't mention it, make sure you do. Again, it doesn't have to be what everybody else is eating. Neither should it be. Um, oh, Larissa says yes. She would make it standard in business for couples to provide a vendor meal. The couple pays. So, yeah, that's usually how it goes. But, it's again, depending on when you come in um, at the wedding, uh, the wedding planning process. Oh, Andrea is from Sandals. Wonderful, wonderful. So Andrea is our destination wedding planner for Sandals. Which, pro- I mean, for all... All properties? Which properties? So Sandals is the are the Caribbean destination wedding specialists, and they kind of created the, the wedding moon thing, which is the wedding and honeymoon kind of combines together, and um, great business model. I've been trying to figure out a way to emulate Sandals, not on that scale, but kind of do the all-inclusive thing with a few select area venues, and it actually can be done. So, you know, you, you handpick a few venues. Wedding business guys, you heard me talk about this. And you get a few vendors of your favorite vendors together and you kind of package everything together. So people getting married at venue A, get photographer, caterer, transportation person, and for the, and my staff for this price. That You can kind of emulate that in a sort of way. I mean, it's not exactly sandals, but people like the idea of knowing I'm going to pay one fee to this company and we're going to get food, we're going to get pictures taken, we've already got the venue, and we're going to get transportation if we decide, you know, if the reception is at a separate location from the ceremony. Look at what other people are doing in other industries and see if there's a way for you to make it work. And Charisma, I think, who was asking for niche, maybe your niche is just coming, is doing all-inclusive. All-inclusive doesn't have to be at a banquet facility or at a, at a specific location. You can handpick a few venues and you go to the venue and you say, listen, I see this is a perfect place for small weddings or I see this is a perfect place for weddings with this amount of guests. What do you think about me bringing you some more business if I can provide your clients with some, you know, one the choice of one, um, the choice of three caterers, I've got the photographer, videographer, and we've got a limo company. Would you be okay with that? Most venues will be very interested to hear what it is you have to say. Um, I know one of the questions that came in on the voicemail that I couldn't play back was about someone's concern about um, approaching ven- ven- uh, vendors and not being too confident about that. Listen, when you're talking to a vendor, think about it as just coming up with an idea for someone you want to make it about them and if you cannot think in your head of what the benefit is for the person that you're speaking to about what you're suggesting then don't even have the conversation but if you have something that you know can help them of course you know it's going to benefit you too but if you know it can help them share that with them it's not I'm a wedding planner and I've got clients and it's I I am a wedding planner. I know about weddings, but more importantly, this venue seems to make sense, and I'd love to send more business your way. I have an idea. Can we spend some time, and I can share it with you? You're under no obligation. And then just talk to them. This is what I'm thinking. Um, You know, what if I was the point person, or not even the point person, what if I could help you bring some more business in? And I know weddings is not your thing, but weddings is my thing. I like the site. If I can just become familiar with your venue, I just want to show people your site, just like a realtor would show someone a home that's for sale. Think of it like that. Does that sound like something you would be interested in? And when you position it that way, it begins to make sense. Don't you get that? 
if you're looking for a home, wouldn't you, there's a good chance you're going to find a realtor to help you find some places. So think of you yourself as a realtor for a few venues, not every venue in town, but the venues that don't have their own sales staff. The venues that would make sense for a wedding, but maybe the person who's in charge of that venue doesn't really know their stuff about weddings. They don't know what it is that brides and grooms are looking for, but you become that conduit. You're the person in the middle and you just share that idea with, start with one or two venues and see how they react to that. But again, make it about them. It's not about you. You and I know it's about you, but you want to make it about them. And the worst thing that someone's going to say to you is no. But if you position it in a way that makes sense, there's a good chance they're going to give it some thought. And even if they decide not to move forward, the next time someone comes along who wants to plan a wedding, they're going to remember you. Because you're going to leave them some cards and just check in with them every now and then. Check in to see how things are going. And if they decide not to move forward, you can still send couples that way. You say to them, you say to a couple, I know of this venue. Go see whoever, Jake. Tell him I sent you. Or better still, you'll call Jake and say, I've got a couple that's interested in getting married. They're going to call you or they're going to come see you. That lets him know, that lets Jake know that you've got his best interest at heart. And then maybe the person that said no initially is going to think, hmm, maybe this is a way for us to get more business. And right there, just like that, you become the resident wedding planner for that location. Just like that. And hey, you may decide that the only weddings you're ever going to work on in your area are weddings that happen there. If someone's not getting married there, you're not helping them with their wedding. You can do that. You can do that to get started with and then later on down the line decide to expand. But that's a good way for you to know that venue inside out, you to know your clients inside out, know what it is that happens at that site, what the nuances are and so forth. So there are lots of different ways to get your wedding business off the ground. I don't want you to think there's only one channel, there's only run one route to get there because you're going to be disappointed and I don't want you to be disappointed. I want you to have fun with this. It's still a business, but have some fun in the beginning to see if this is what you want to do. Can you really deal with the fact that the, that the caterer didn't show up and we don't know if there's no food? Can you really deal with the fact that Aunt Janie said she was going to make the wedding cake, but she didn't get around to it? What are we going to do? This is the time to figure that stuff out and then see, do I really want to make a go of this? Okay. All right. So are there any any last minute questions? Or is there anything that came up that I missed? I'm just looking in the chat. Um, Andrea, so Larissa is asking, how did you become a Sandals Wedding Destination Planner? Love to hear that. Um, oh, someone did ask me a question. I know I missed it now. Um, she asked about, where is it? About... How can she get started? There is a link on the WeddingsForLiving.com site about um, becoming a wedding planner. It kind of gives you just the overview of how to get things started. But there's no one linear way to figure out. We all came in at different parts in different ways. But you basically just want to understand what happens at a wedding. So that's just the knowledge of weddings. And then find out what What's the scene, scene like in your area for weddings? What goes on? Are, they, are people getting married day in, day out? Um, what kinds of weddings are happening? How much are people spending on weddings in your area? Are people actually hiring wedding planners? Talk to caterers. Um, they'll tell you. Talk to photographers. Anyone in the wedding business, if you don't know where to start, just start meeting with vendors and venues and asking what what's the landscape like what's really going on in this area when it comes to weddings they will tell you and then you can decide hmm slim pickings or you may decide hey this place is waiting for something like what i have to offer and then move in 
then dive in as opposed to this is what I'm doing. And now let me see if anybody wants, wants what I'm selling. No, no, no. Just take some time to do some research first and see if you can fit in, if you can offer something that people are looking for. Is it oversaturated? Are there just wedding planets coming out the yin-yang? That may well be the case. There may still be a place for you, especially if you have a niche. But do some homework first before you jump in. The problem with wedding planning is that it has a very low barrier of entry. The good thing about wedding planning is that it has a very low barrier of entry. So it depends on how you look at it. But if you want to run a business, you've got to act like a business owner. And, and check out what's going on first. Um, Andrew responded, I became a Sandals planner through the Association of Bridal Consultants. They have a partnership with Sandals. That's right. They sure do. And they do a lot of, schedule a lot of fam trips too. Um, so if you're an Association of Bridal Consultants member, ABC, that's a good way of getting in. Thank you, Andrea, for sharing that. So Andrea became a Sandals planner through the Association of Bridal Consultants. Um, Guest 61 had a question. How do you deal with slow paying clients? who have missed your contract deadlines but are still in contact with you to do the work. I mentioned it every conversation in email. By the way, the bride is out of the country until the week of her wedding day. Of course, I can't secure vendors for her either, and she's aware of this. I really want to give her the deposit back, but I don't want to break my contract. You're not breaking your contract. She's already breached the contract if she hasn't paid you. Um, if, if you have outlined clearly what your fee is and what dates you should re- be receiving payment, you should also be outline, outlining what the repercussions are if someone doesn't pay. And if someone hasn't paid, they've already breached the contract. It's not you, it's them. Send her, deposit, send her the deposit back if you've agreed ahead of time that that's what you'll, you will do. Cut your losses. That's it. That's it. Do you think if she doesn't pay the caterer, she's going to get food? I doubt it. So, yeah, don't don't feel don't feel any kind of way if you've done if you followed the proper channels, meaning you've done what you're supposed to do. You've made it clear what the what you, what it is that you need and they've signed a contract and agreed to doing so. Then, you know, by not honoring, they've already breached the contract. Don't worry so much. Um, guest 500. Good morning. Is there anything you can suggest for an invitation vendor? What is the best thing you can offer in order to secure a wedding plan as loyalty? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know if you you can, wedding plan is loyalty. I think we just do business with people we like and trust. If you're sending business to this wedding planner, uh, I think this wedding plan is going to be loyal to you. So it's kind of like that same thing I was saying, like with venues. It's if, you, if we do that when someone does something for you, you almost always feel obligated to do something for them. I don't buy Christmas gifts. I know I sound like a stooge. I love Christmas, but I just gave up on it a few years ago because I thought it was just so superficial. We're rushing around to buy Christmas gifts. And half the time, the people don't even need what it is or want what it is that we're buying. We're just buying because we've been conditioned to do so. But when someone gives me a gift, oh, my gosh, the guilt kicks in. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't buy a gift. But I've just gotten over it and said, you know, thank you so much. You know, I don't do the Christmas gift things. But birthdays, I go to town. So you you want to... To get someone's loyalty is kind of what you always want to think about. What can I do for this person? If we did more of that, thinking what can we do for the other person, I think we'd um, be a lot further along. So I think when you start doing that for someone, um, there's a good chance that that wedding planner is going to want to um, do business with you. And like for me with wedding invitations, the one thing I hate 
is the wording and trying to understand what the the, the, the the right way is toward an invitation. So if you're my invitation person and you're always you're the go to person and can answer my question when I'm stuck, it's, it stands to reason that I'm just going to send my brides and grooms to you. So just think about what is it you can do for the other person. I hope that helps. Um, Invite 177. Do you suggest building a vendor relation to invest in your reputation so no commissions or do you include a commission when finalizing everything with them? That's a tricky thing because now you're bordering on, on kickbacks. You don't want to make a, create a relationship and say, if you send clients, this is what I'm going to do. The, the thing is, is it's disclosure. It, it's like if I hire you to help me with my wedding and you're making suggestions for different vendors – and then I find out without you telling me that each vendor that you have recommended is paying you to do so instantly. There's an ethical, it's an integrity issue for me now. I'm thinking, okay, now did you refer this person because you thought they were the right person for me? Or did you refer this vendor because that vendor is paying you something to do so? So it's disclosure. But if I've hired you as my wedding planner, then the, 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 uh, the idea is then you're, you've got, you're going to bat for me. My fee should be enough because you told me that's what your fee is and I'm paying that. If you're getting a fee from anyone, you, you should say so. I don't know how you want to disclose it, but you should definitely say so. Um, me, as a wedding planner, um, I have said outright to people, you, know, you send some business my way, and it's usually to friends or family. I, I'm going to reward. I usually send them a, a gift card, $25, $50, depending on the package. That's what I do, but that's someone who's referred that has nothing to do with a vendor that I'm sort of in cahoots with, as, as you might say. So you have to be very, very careful. I would stay away from saying, if you do this, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We can reciprocate and send business to one another, but be very careful with the commission thing unless you're disclosing that and saying to your clients, I will receive a commission for referring you to such and such. Okay? I hope that helps. Um, okay, wow. I guess the thing is um, moving quickly. Um, Rodon is saying that we should have another sandals training coming up around the time for the state meeting next month at ABC. Okay, so seems like folks are interested in being destination wedding planner. That's a really good a good niche, especially if you focus on one particular area. And in my travels last month, that sort of came to my mind too about focusing on a on a specific destination. I'm in love with the Caribbean, and um, that stands to reason. Um, but you know, it doesn't have to just be. You're doing destination weddings with resorts like Sandals. That's a good part of it. But supposing you were a high-end destination wedding planner, meaning you focus on weddings with a certain budget or with a certain dollar amount per guest. That's a nice way of thinking about it. Maybe destination weddings where the average cost is about $200 a guest. And then you work with just private villas and private homes. And maybe those are the places that you direct your clients to. You're going to appeal to someone who wants to get married in the Caribbean but doesn't want to go through the typical sandals type wedding. You see what I mean? You can do a lot of different things in this wedding planning industry. Just think outside the box. I hate saying that, but it's the truth. And see how you can make that work. Um, it's a great way to, to, to get out there and travel because your clients are actually, if you're based in the U.S. and they want to get married in Belize or Cayman Islands, when they're actually responsible for paying your fee in your hotel or your accommodation when you're there. But, you know, for some clients, it's not an issue. It's a non-issue. It's not for everyone. But if you're dealing with a higher budget wedding, it stands to reason they just get that. Again, when people see the value and believe in you, somebody, special group of people, 
are going to be willing to pay your fee. Don't think it's not for every. It's not for everyone. It shouldn't be. But there are a group of people who will get it and say, yeah, we need her. Okay. Um, okay, I think guess 500. Uh, who? Okay. What, what are we saying? Um, is there any? Oh, okay. Guess 500 was the invitation person. Sorry. And um, guess 156 is saying you have to attend a sandals workshop to become a certified sales specialist. Isn't being a sandals destination wedding planner akin to sort of being like a, a, a travel agent of sorts? Am I off with that? Tell me. I, I mean, is it? I know it's not directly, but it's kind of you. you there's a, you're, you're directing people to a certain area, to a certain property, and then you're getting some sort of commission. Isn't that how it works? Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, okay. Oh, guest 500 says, thank you for, so much for answering my question. I appreciate your honesty. The last bit of info was great about automatically answering the wording question. I'm currently trying to build up enough business to leave my full time. Creating custom invitations is our passion. And I want to help brides who feel most big box places are dull and mundane and want to have something designed for their own. Yeah, there, there, there's a category of clients who want what you're offering. You, you've got to sort of source them out and be very clear about your kind of client. If you want me to partner with you, partner meaning not officially, you have to be very clear and explain to me who your client is. So I know what to look for. I know who to send to you. But you've got to be very clear because if you're not clear, I can't help you. So it's it's good. Um, Janelle is saying, call some craft. You have to sign up. As a dealer, it's cool to sell invites. Great for running promos with your company. Yeah, we, we did a show a few years ago with Carlson Craft. Um, they're kind of one of the the big guys out there. But um, they're more of the, – they're well-known, and they are kind of tailoring what it is that they're doing and trying to do the more personalized thing. The thing is there are a lot of Carlson Craft dealers out there, so you have to do something – that makes you stand out. But again, if someone's doing business with you, they may not have any desire to go someplace else if they really have fallen in love with you. Okay. Um, it's 1101. So I think I'm going to wrap things up. I'm going to leave the chat room open for you so that you can completely, you can continue to talk with one another. Um, just so that you know, if you're based in the United States and Canada and would like to receive a text message when the next live show is about to begin, uh, simply text the word confetti to 71441 okay so just text the word confetti to 71441 standard message and data rates may apply and just like today you'll get a few minutes usually about 10 minutes before the live show you'll, you'll get a text message okay so today's show is episode number one excuse me 378 weddingsforliving.com slash 378 will be posted um, on the weddingsforliving.com website in a few days and remember I promise i'm gonna have to say i promise it's the only way to get me to do this promise and within two weeks we will have our social media episode please please share with us what your experience has been with social media which platforms work which have been outstanding maybe not so much please call the talkback line at 202-681-2126 and leave a message 24 hours a day 202-681-2126 what it's worth <laughs> weddings for living the twitter handle is wed for a living um and on facebook weddings for living facebook.com slash weddings for living i'm terrible but i'm really really trying um to make an effort and i you know i would love to hear what's working for you because anything i share with you is something that i've experienced firsthand that's what i try to make good about so i'd love to know what's working for you and um 
I'm sure there's a lot you can teach me with social media. I've just been resisting and I got to stop that. Go with the flow, Debbie. Go with the flow. Okay, I don't have any um, audio outro music for you today, but I want to thank you. I'm Debbie Quain, and you've just listened to another episode of Confetti, the wedding planning business talk show. Be sure to join me for the next live show on the first Saturday of the month. And remember, we've got a special social media um, episode coming up pretty soon. As always, love and success. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye.